0: Hey, if you guys are listening to this the week I'm recording it, you've got one month to get yourself to Code Media, just south of Los Angeles. If you listen to this podcast, you're going to like this conference. It has all the most interesting people in technology and media, like Apple's Q, Amazon's Roy Price. I could go on and on, and I probably will, but instead of me talking about it, do want you hear from LinkedIn executive editor Dan Roth, who was on stage with us last year, and he can tell you all about why it's a great event in his own words. Hit it, Dan. Oh my God, it's an incredible conference. I have met people that I still keep in touch with from just being in the halls of that conference afterwards and getting drinks. There are people I never would have met before that I now talk to all the time for ideas and getting them to write on LinkedIn. It was invaluable to me. That sounds good, right? It is good. It's going to be a great event. I hope to see many of you there. You can go to Recode.net for more information. It's about a month away. I will see you there. This is Recode Media with Peter Kafka. That's me. It's powered by digital media. That is a real company with a funny name. They produce and distribute many fine podcasts, including this one. And I'm here with Joe Marchese. I did it. Yes, you did. I got it right. Hi, Joe. Hi. Nice to see you again. I saw you last week at CES. Yes, it's it's good to be seen again after CES. You are a good CES tour guide, by the way. If anyone's oh. going next year, I would advise you to to hang out with Joe for a bit. Uh, not a bad idea for cool start-up, startup app. Joe, what are you doing now? What am I doing now? Well, I'm going to do this podcast with you. Um, I will tell you what Joe does for a living, and then he'll tell you what he does for a living. Joe is the digital ad futurist, thinky, smart guy, who explains what ads are gonna look like both to people like me and to his employer, Fox, 21st Century is Fox, Mm. Fox Fox Television Mm. Group. Yep. You work for James Murdoch. You're, yes. his, you're his. ad. You're, you're his digital he, ad guru. <laughs> he is the
1: CEO. I, I so I work in the uh, Fox Networks Group. So I, I run our ad products for Fox
0: Networks Group. So what? Uh, uh, that sounds boring, but it's exciting, right? Because you're talking it about is. the future of advertising. We're yeah. gonna have a we're going to have a discussion about the advertising, right. And technology. Yep. We are not going to use the words ad tech if we can, because that'd we're be, able be fantastic to, listen to
1: the entire interview, right? Yeah. No. Well, we also don't want people to uncontrollably vomit uh, while listening to your podcast. I mean, not some the desire, of them are sure. affected. Sure. No, it's not the desired, and, and that, unfortunately, is what ad tech has to do. But you will say that there, there's a role advertising is going to play in supporting content. And it is exciting for Fox Network's group overall. When you look at you know the assets underneath, you say just to, you know what that's made up of, it's Fox Sports. So this year we have the Super Bowl. You know We have the World Cup in a year and a half what do ads look like, and what, what role does advertising play in sports. You have FX, which you know just uh, cleaned up at the Golden Globes uh, last, last night with Atlanta and People vs. OJ. And uh, of the greatest storytellers uh, right now, which everyone would consider writ large TV, it's uh, the people winning all the awards are HBO and FX and Netflix. And guess what? Only one of those still has advertising. And then you've got uh, National Geographic which is new to the portfolio or at least uh, new for National Geographic partners and in that you have a a company that is you know number 1 on Instagram for brands it's great it's a magazine heritage And again, another question, what role does advertising play? And then, of course, you have the uh, Fox broadcast.
0: So you work at a company that has all these assets. You just enumerated them very well. And they make a lot of money selling ads. They do. And online, traditionally, what they've done is sold some of the ads that are on TV and Mm -hmm. sold a few more that are exclusive to digital. And they put them up there. And sometimes I can skip them. And sometimes I can't. And it's not really (laughs) a real business. But your job Mm -hmm. is to make it more of a real business and also to touch what's going to what I'm going to see on regular TV eventually as well, right? Yes. So one of the reasons it's fun to talk to you, you're smart and you explain things to me, and that's mm. helpful and you can get me into cool parties at CES, but you also say provocative things like, I believe that people should install ad blockers on I their do. computers. Yes. Okay. So this is a, this is a good place to start because Great. generally, people who are in the business of selling advertising right. do not endorse ad blocking. Right. For instance, I work for Vox Media. Mm-hmm. We make a lot of money selling advertising that would be disrupted by ad blockers. It seems like mm-hmm. you're trying to take money out of my pocket.
1: Yeah. Well, just you specifically. I just don't want to have money. Dude, I um, got a mortgage. Yeah. It's all. Right. You'll be all right. No. I, look, I'll, I'll tell you what. People don't think about with ad blockers is you know there's a saying that. As long as the cure doesn't kill the patient, it might hurt a little bit, but it'll be good for you in the end. So here's, you know, whether it's Vox or I can talk about, um, you know, whether it's National Geographic or Fox Sports for us because there's a lot of print on that side or, or written. The dirty secret about ad blockers that no one talks about is that if someone has an ad blocker on and they come to watch a program, Brooklyn Nine Nine, Empire, I know that they're they have an ad blocker on. I have a choice. I'm not going to let you watch. You're the guy or, who runs the website. Yeah, th- whoever's it. running running ad product for anything, and this could be on our shows, on you know, on Hulu, on our shows on Fox.com, on Fox Sports Go. We know there's an ad blocker on, and we can say we see that you have ad blocker on. We'd like you to turn it off to have access to this. And people will make that choice for quality content. Um, what they won't turn off their ad blocker for is the deluge of hidden ad tags and and hidden banners and things that are running in the background. And honestly, if we can clean that up and kind of respect consumers more, and I think ad blockers are going to be the stick to get us to clean up ad tech,
0: it will be better for quality publishers. So you you right now work for Fox. I do. And Fox is generally in the business of selling ads against videos. Yes. Television shows, movies. Yes. High quality content that, mm-hmm. that generally demands a, a very expensive cost mm-hmm. per thousand yep. CPM. So it sort of makes sense why you could say, hey, ad blockers are fine because anybody who wants to watch Atlanta on mm-hmm. the FX mm-hmm. site will put up with an ad if I ask them to. Yep. So that's convenient for you. Yes. Less convenient for someone like me who works at Recode.net, which has mm-hmm. many fine advertisers who have traditional sort of display ads. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I. the worry is if we ask those people to turn off their ad blockers, they might say, eh, forget it. We're not mm-hmm. coming.
1: That is, that is a worry, but I would say that what you're not considering is how depressed your CPM pricing is, because advertisers say, "Oh, I can just get ads." There's there's a myth of the infinite supply of ads out there, yep. right? And I know we'll probably get into the fraud and and botnets and everything else, you know, because like that it's a big deal is what's happened in advertising, because this is done like what the subprime mortgage did is it, it created a, an incentive for junk uh, impressions. And so we say, well, that doesn't hurt us because you only pay our price. Our price is a premium to the rest of the market. But in reality, if the market is is off and there's just tons of of low-quality impressions in the market, it's actually depressing your pricing too on quality content. And I think that the the solution – and I I would say, I caveat, I'm pro-ad blocker with one thing. You whitelist not on a – individual, time-by-time basis, you can whitelist a group of sites. Paul, well, it. Right?
0: explain what whitelist means to people.
1: So for whitelisting, I'd say, all right, I trust Vox Media. Vox Media, like, imagine when... Me, um, the
0: person who's installed ad-blocking Me, the person who has
1: ad-blocking software. Ad because, like, I'm going to try to see a lot of different articles that come from Vox at different times, coming from different, different social platforms. And if Vox does almost similar to what you know the airlines did with like passengers, you know, bill of rights, if you will, if if media companies said, listen, any anything that's part of the Vox Network, here are the rules, we will, we won't load more than X amount of you know ad tags in the background. We don't have to be this complicated, but simply, simply put, we'll treat consumers. We're not consumers screw you
0: over for coming to visit our site. Right.
1: We'll treat consumers with respect. You know, we'll we'll, we'll treat your data with, with privacy. We won't overload. The reason most people, I mean, if you look at why people use ad blockers, it's because it makes a website work on their phone, right? When they're on it, makes the it work, makes it work, or makes it work faster, right? I mean, sometimes ad tags can break it all together. Can literally make it work, and all the time makes it work faster. It, this,
0: this one's always hard for me to get a handle on because when you talk to people about well, who's actually using ad blocking? Everyone sort of mm-hmm. makes up their own number or doesn't have a number or doesn't mm-hmm. want to believe in the number, hmm. and then the people who who identify themselves as ad blockers, people who write mm. to be on Twitter or mm-hmm. send comments. Those people are, are, I'm assuming, on sort of the end of the bell curve. They have sort mm. of ideological reasons about not wanting advertising mm. at all or they have very detailed technical critiques. I cannot believe yeah. that there are a large number of people like that, but I don't know. Maybe there maybe are. lots of people. There's a, there, there's a very large number, and then, the, I'm, then then I don't really know how I'm going to please them because they seem to not want to um, pay for content, and mm-hmm. they also don't want to see advertising for content. Right, and they'll also th- say things like, "Well, the information should you know." This is, there's they'll make arguments like, "Well, there's no marginal cost in, in reaching more people, so there's not a problem <laughs> for you." But <laughs> well, at some point, someone has to make money, so I can. You've got to some very sophisticated stuff. followers when they're using like and, economic and principles and to anger. make arguments. Well, I, I deal with some listeners. <laughs> (laughs)
1: They're they're sending you some. um... Some of them are listening right now. (laughs) No, look. The truth is, this conversation actually at, at CES. You know, someone was saying, look. And I, I, you know, I do say things like nobody likes advertising, right? Which is, you know, I, I mean that to be somewhat provocative, but like, you know, people throw it back and say, "We well, say no one likes advertising. Why don't we? Why don't we stop interrupting the show?" And and I, I caveat that when I when I actually want to be more nuanced and not just you know yelling at people uh, from a stage, it's no one likes the deal advertising is giving them right now. No one wants to be interrupted ten times or see a thirty second pre roll to get access to a one minute clip. And so the value exchange has kind of gotten out of whack. Like advertising used to be this entire program brought to you by Brand X. And we've, we started to break it down into like more units. And the pricing became so, again, depressed in this current state that the deal for the advertiser, the consumer, and the content isn't fair anymore. And that's what ad blockers represent consumers saying. I just, like, this is not fair to me in terms of the what's well, happening. Well, I,
0: I mean, it's, it's content that I'm paying nothing for. Mm-hmm. So why is me getting free content not a good deal for me, the consumer?
1: On an individual basis, you could say, all right, the the one time you come to my website for free, by the way, if it was free. Let me, let me ask you this. Um, there was a good chart in the uh, – I think the Globe ran it because they were one of the worst. I forget what it was. But one of the newspapers ran – um, the amount of data used just for ad tags, by some estimates on the mobile web, can be up to half of a consumer's bill.
0: So it's not free. Right. Well, let me put it another way. Granted, many publishers, lots of ad tech, lots of ugly bad stuff is happening to you right. when you visit it. But on the other hand, I think most people aren't, probably don't have a sophisticated understanding of it. And I don't think most people care. Right. And by the way, when I go to the store, when I go to get my chopped salad after mm-hmm. this, I think yep. I'm going to pay 12 bucks. Yep. If I decide 12 bucks is too much money mm-hmm. for that salad... I don't buy the salad. Right. That's how that exchange works. Yep. So if me getting free content involves me having to look at X number of ads or me having mm-hmm. to spend X amount of data to look at that free content, right. that's part of the deal. Look, I agree. When well, you download this, this to- podcast, right? right, depending on how you download this podcast, it, right. will, it will take some of your monthly data allotment. That's your choice. On right. how you. But, let's, spend
1: let's, it. but let, 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 let's, let's use your chopped salad. Let's eat your lunch right now. Good. $12, let's say it is, for that chopped salad. In the current ad economy, the way it works... If I get a bang-up, amazing CPM rate of $30 CPM, that's three cents for every 30 seconds of your time. You would have to sit there and watch three goes into 133 times 12. You'd have to watch something 300, 400. You'd have to watch 400 ads to get your salad.
0: Yeah, but I'm not watching ads to get my salad. I'm paying cash.
1: But I'm just saying the value of your time isn't isn't properly represented. So this podcast, depending on what it looks like, The exchange hasn't gotten to a better place for the consumer where it's fair in terms of the amount of time they're exchanging. So,
0: I mean, this is you've made this argument before. We made it on stage last Mm -hmm. year at Code Media. You can go watch that for free on YouTube. I advise people to go watch it because it's a really good uh, argument. But I I still am hung up on it because you're not talking about valuing my time. Right. Right. It's I'm deciding how to spend my time. Right. And if I decide I want to spend it downloading a few extra ads so I can see some free content. Sure. Sure. But
1: you're not going to the other side of that because. I would say you're right. They are they are making a choice to go with the ad blocker, and you, Vox or Recode, could make the choice. while I'm not letting you watch. What look at my content with an ad blocker? Right. Okay.
0: <laughs> um, but then, then, then we get back to ad blocking is bad, right? No, no, no. no Facebook, Facebook. Saying... I, I broke a story this week. Right. Facebook is going to start introducing ads right. 20 seconds into mm. to the videos they want mm. people to watch. They'll say, oh, I'm, I don't want to watch that. It'll be too mm. right. And it's a very easy choice. You can stop watching the video. Mm. And it's up to the publisher yep. to make something that's compelling enough that you'll want to sit through a 15-second ad right. and watch it. But again, there's a, there's a population of people that will say, absolutely not, no ads at yep. all. Give me the free video. Right. And I don't know what to tell them. Yeah, no, nothing. They, they, they.
1: If, if you make the choice in order to watch this content, you have to turn off your ad blocker, that's what you tell them. If you say, I want to reach as many people as possible, but a certain percentage of them don't think that the exchange is fair for the advertising, and I want to let them watch it, you let them watch it. I mean, this is what we're experimenting with right now. I just think that I can agree with you on both points, but the logical conclusion isn't you can't ad block, because, like, look, DVRs existed forever. There wasn't, like, the moral outrage of how come people are DVRing programming, right?
0: There was, right? I mean, the but they just didn't want it. Your, right. your your current employer was part of a group that did not want it to of, happen.
1: Of course they did not want it to happen, much like, you know, a lot of people don't want it to happen now. But, right. like, trying to like trying to uh, uh, stop kind of the rise of consumer and control, like on-demand media is like sticking your thumb in the dam and hoping right. the water so doesn't come you're saying it's going to
0: happen, and, right. and it seems like what you're also saying is – it's, it's the job of the publisher and the advertiser and the consumer to all reach some sort of agreement about how they're going to – how, how this information and content that's the, way the market is, is going to happen. That's the way markets work, right? We
1: have to come to an equilibrium. But what, what is distorting our ability to get to an equilibrium is, is what we're measuring right now isn't all equal. So we can't start to say – Okay, well, the market—the market price of people's time has come up a little bit because they're opting out using these. By the way, let's
0: not just talk ad blockers, Hulu ad free, or DVRs, right, or buying Netflix. Right. So I can Hulu costs eight bucks a month. I want to pay twelve bucks a month now. I can get a, an ad free experience from mm-hmm. Hulu, which I endorse. It's very mm-hmm. good. Yeah. No, or, look, by the way, it's also what Netflix has now trained me to right. watch television yep. without ads and without hitting a fast forward button to yeah. go through an ad. And once you've had that, it's very hard to go back to it. Right. And the, and the, the key should be that. Look, and again,
1: I think Hulu ad free is as good for the advertising industry as ad blockers are, even though I'm more tasked, obviously, day-to-day on how people make money watching or how we will make money on Hulu when there's ads in there. And here's, there's two big reasons why. One, we've started to reestablish a contract with the consumer. No, you don't have to watch ads. You absolutely do not have to watch ads. But it will cost $4 more. So now they know the exact value of what their time is and how we're valuing it. And it, then the second part is that creates a better conversation with us with the agencies where we're saying, look, it's not that we want to ri- raise price point on you in order to necessarily make more money. We'd like to reduce the ad load so that consumers consider this a fair exchange.
0: I mean, it is interesting, right? Um, the, the guys who run Hulu tell me that they've had, I think, this $4, the, the $12 versus $8 ad free versus ad option for about a year. Mm-hmm and I didn't check with them most recently, but what they said consistently was most people are picking the option with ads, mm-hmm. that the $4 a month is important enough to them or they don't care or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. All in all, they're happy watching ads. Yeah. I is- mean, there's a good portion of people that's true. I think that the goal should be
1: to make the ad experience something that is palatable. Because while I say, again, it's not that people want ads. Maybe we can move ads out of being interruptive. You know, This is what we we look at with ad products today, which is, you know, advertising is about uh, a marketer borrowing attention and then subsidizing the cost of content. It doesn't mean it has to be interruptive or obstructive to content. Right? It doesn't have to be. I would like to see this news story right now, but first, a word from our sponsors. There's other ways that advertising can work that that will be better.
0: I'm trying to think of your other provocative ad arguments you make. Um, one right: is that, is that ads in many cases should go away? Right? Yep. You argue for your own demise. Well, I think I think
1: ads in their current Format are I mean, it's not for the demise, it's that ads in the current format are going away in the interruptive nature. But I think that, you know, where I've gone to with that is that I think that the advertising market is in a state of subprime, very similar to the subprime market before the crash.
0: Where there's just a lot of crap. People aren't really paying attention to the entirety of it. People yep. are are making a dollar today or this quarter. Yep. But there's gonna be a cumulative effect which will be problematic for everybody. Last week, Ev Williams from Medium said yep after promising that he was going to figure out how to do advertising on on Medium, said, actually, it turns out digital advertising is is not good, Mm -hmm. period. It was surprising to hear that from someone who's Mm -hmm. made a billion dollars from Twitter, which is digital advertising. Mm -hmm. He also said something confusing, at least to me, about, well, these ads all come from people who want to sell you something, which made me sort of think like a Jerry Maguire or or John (laughs) Kusick with the boombox. So I'm sure he'll unpack that at some point. But when you see a big company, or mm-hmm. big-ish company, mm-hmm. from a well-respected entrepreneur, throw in the towel yeah. publicly on digital advertising, yep. do you go, uh-oh, we oh. got to hurry up? Or do you go, no, this is, this is good. This is That's momentum great. for me.
1: It's, it's, I mean, I think it's exactly what needs to happen. I mean, again, we, digital advertising, and that, that terrible word, ad tech, broke the internet. Like, you know, what what ev, you know, and I have like spoken to him or, or gotten through it, but I, I do know a lot of people, like, and I've been very involved in, in some of the stuff Medium's been doing from an editorial and and I, and I love what they've done with the product. I think it's gorgeous. What advertising does is it makes you distort your goals to serve advertisers' goals. And that would be fine if advertisers wanted quality, but what they want is tonnage. Right? And look, let, let's use let's use the terrible examples. An article could be one page, but we make it four pages so that people have to yep. click through. Why? Well, because advertising impressions work that way, right? Um, galleries, you know, the, the in TV, certain number of ad breaks. Like you, you, you begin to bend your product to the will of how ad currencies work. Now the problem is when ad currencies work on a tonnage basis only, not on a quality basis. Then your product has to
0: serve a tonnage. Goal. Right, but you do see the people sort of course correct over time, right? I, I started off uh, on the internet working at Forbes. dot com, mm-hmm. which had auto playing mm-hmm. slideshows that. We- mm-hmm. Showing pictures <laughs> to literally no one. Yeah. Uh, and they were super proud of it. Yeah. And, and, and then I worked at what became Business Insider, and they did tons of slideshows. But over time, mm. everyone sort of moved. I think BuzzFeed is responsible for a lot of this. Slideshows and galleries are stupid. We're just going to mm. give you one screen and, right. and you look at it. Yeah. And that's much more the norm. And now I know whenever I click to something crappy from Outbrainer to Blue, and it is a slideshow, I don't bother. I think right. – and I'm sure and, – and, and by the way, if you really want to click through, like you know what you're getting. You're getting right. – low-quality garbage stuff. Yep. It seems like most people have moved on from that idea. Then you see it that way. Ev didn't, yeah. medium
1: didn't. I yep. mean, like, that's the, the point is that it started to look at what would we have to do to make this product appealing to the current ecosystem for advertising? And then how much will we make? Again, back to what's the value exchange. So if we do this thing where we add this, we will make some money. But will the negative impact on the consumer experience or negative utility to consumers exceed the positive, you know, like basically revenue offset that we'll get in. And the answer came back no when they looked at what the product would look like. And I think that in in an honest assessment, again, this is why I say if the cure doesn't kill the patient, why we need to kind of correct the the ad market, is that I think while, you know, whether it's the Journal or the Times and others would go through short-term pain in terms of resetting the ad market, you'd find that there isn't as much quality inventory out there as you think there is. And it would actually end up being a boon for quality publishers,
0: so a- advertisers who were going to other sites instead of the Times, the Journal, or whomever would eventually come back because
1: because there was no one actually watching. Yeah, the ad- like there's no actual attention. So look, we can separate display ads from video ads, but but all advertising is supposed to be a likelihood of human attention, right? Every impression is. If we scored every impression on what's the likelihood that someone one paid attention to it and 2 that there was a message delivered right those are the those are really the only two vectors right so did someone see it and if yes did you have everything you need to deliver a message now what do you need to deliver a message i need time and then ideally i need either sight or sound or both right and then now the newest you know being interaction so if you said time sight sound interaction those are the the vectors and you applied that and you scored every impression that you bought on that i would i would guess that a mountain of impressions that are bought today have a near zero chance for human attention. So there's
0: a one of the things that I'm going to say ad tech business is premised on is, hey, you know what? That sounds like an argument that you would make if you were selling ads at the New York Times or at Mm Fox.com. But it turns out that Joe Marchese who is a very sophisticated guy that I want to reach, and he's got a lot of money, and he dresses mm-hmm. nicely. Mm-hmm. Nice suit. Mm, thank you. Um, you know, and I'm it turns mid-time. out I can reach him at garbage.com. Mm-hmm. I can ex- find mm-hmm. Joe or mm-hmm. someone who looks mm-hmm. exactly like Joe, mm-hmm. and I can pay yeah. 10% of what the yeah. New York Times or Fox.com ask. Yeah. And and it, the, that number is only going to get cheaper. Mm-hmm. And by the way, it's so cheap that even if a lot of that money is is spent yeah. on waste, mm-hmm. it's fine. Mm-hmm. I can reach people right. like Joe. I don't need to pay New York Times or Fox.com. Right that's kind of the whole yeah. premise yeah. Of- yeah. Ad- and i
1: believe that i believe that's pure fiction i believe that is i mean that that's what i mean by the subprime mortgages you take a bunch of that junk inventory you mix it in with the good inventory now remember this is here's the other problem you say look it's 10% it's 10% the cost so i can waste nine out of every 10 impressions and as long as i get one good one right but let's remember that those nine wasted impressions the ones that were fictional is money in the pocket of a fictional publisher or a low quality publisher. But I don't care.
0: I'm I'm trying to sell. I'm trying I know to sell you don't you care, but quality publishers should care very much. No, because no, but, but I'm the guy buying the ads, and it's not my job to support the New York Times or Fox.com. My ad is to get. My job is to get my salad. Well, ad. you
1: start to care a little bit on two fronts. One, where are those other nine ads going, right? Well, I mean this is this has been some of the fake news. I mean, some of the some Yeah, but the but
0: I'm an immoral salad seller. I don't care. It's fine. Okay. Well, my if, job my job, you is, are, my job is to is to either tell is to is to get my company or yep. to tell the client Fair. that they've reached as many people as they can for as little money as they yep. can and maybe if I feel bad at the end of the year, I'll I'll donate money to NPR or yeah. some worthy cause. Well, that I have not found that to be the case with most
1: of the advertisers to say, I don't care that it goes there. I just think that it's so obfuscated in the in the current system that it doesn't up there. But but let me show you where you actually don't end up reaching. One, I don't even believe that even at 10% of the cost, there's a quality impression in those 10 that is worth the same in, in the kind of the market that we're setting up. The second is, okay, so you don't care that nine of those 10 impressions are wasted because the price was so depressed. But that... Price then carries over to the quality publishers, which leads to the ad blocking or subscription services needed rather than advertising supported, right? Which leads to the mediums of the world opting out of advertising, which leads to the informations of the world saying we're going to be subscription only, which leads to the journals saying we have to focus on subscription, not advertising. And so then you as a marketer taking the long view, you as an advertising executive taking the long view, are seeing the pool of quality impression potential shrinking, Right, so you're buying this cheap now, but what's happening is the the underlying or or the bedrock of what you've built your business on. Remember, this isn't about demand capture that already exists with Facebook and, and Google, but the demand creation the I'm going to borrow someone's attention and introduce them to new products. It'll tell you about a sale that you might want to buy in six months from exactly, now. Exactly is is going away because that is so that I'm buying it a 10 percent cheaper. It's okay if there's a bunch of waste. Is Extracting dollars from a quality attention market as it extracts dollars from that, back to the same thing we've been talking about, Hulu ad free, ad blockers, you know, Netflix. And as that begins to happen, one day you wake up and that's when, you know, that's the big short moment.
0: So you're you're not a guy just writing on medium, right? You you built an advertising tech company called TrueX, sold it to Fox, you're working at Fox at a big publisher. So when you go tell James Murdoch, Mm -hmm. I think we're gonna have to reset the ad market, first of all, do you tell him that? I look I, inside of Fox. I have the exact same conversations. I mean, it's and again, digital. Like, let's be clear, right? Digital advertising at Fox, in particular, right? It's mm-hmm. not a core part of the company. Their main job is getting revenue from from me, the cable subscriber, mm-hmm. and selling big ads on television. Right? That's the uh, primary. It's a business.
1: pretty sizable. I mean, I mean, you'd be surprised at how how large of a portion of the business, the amount of viewing that's happening. So, like, this is you know, the, one of the problems we have with getting everyone to understand how big it is is that you know we consider TV. Like, we, we say a word like TV, right? But the amount of viewing that's happening, so we call it nonlinear, right? So part of what I oversee is all all of our nonlinear ad sales and all of our nonlinear. That is not just Fox.com. That's like FSGO
0: if you're watching a football game on a weekend.
1: It's also your set-top box VOD. Right? right so this it's, is an
0: increasingly large part of viewing. It's
1: becoming a huge portion of viewing, right? Especially in in entertainment category. Sports is still pretty. basically when live. I'm
0: not watching something live or on my DVR. Exactly. I'm, and then, you're you're responsible for that ad.
1: Yes. And then it goes even a step further with the launches and I think this is one of the more exciting parts with the launches of the new uh virtual MVPDs or vMVPDs. The, the digital
0: pay TV guys like right. DirecTV Now, TV like Now and, TV and, now and Hulu. Hulu coming down the pipe. Google's so, coming.
1: So this, um, what this means is, well, those ads we don't we don't all have to see the same ad. The only reason we just show the same ad is because it's the easiest buying and pricing mechanism. If we can get it better, and and so you know, use something that you know the that James will say he said it on stage, and I like it because you know this this is to my point. Twenty first Century Fox or Fox Networks Group is not in the advertising business. Right, we are in the audience business. And as long as advertising allows us to be in the audience business and is good for us in the audience business, we'll keep doing it. What that means is, look, more people have access to FX than a lot of other programming because it's ad-supported as well, right? Same thing with over-the-air, same thing with Sunday football, right, and things that we can stream. But as the ad experience becomes a deterrent to watching our content and someone would say, I'd rather go watch it ad-free or or forget, I'm going to wait and watch your show ad-free. What if there's two shows, Show Y, you know, Atlanta on FX – and show Z, I don't know, make it up Netflix show. And you as a consumer could watch either one. You as a consumer say, I'd really like to watch it. You know, I just heard Donald Glover won two Golden Globes last night for Atlanta. I want to see that show. But Google the, it. Go to Fox. Right, but, but here's my question. Yep. Then, then you as the consumer say, ah, but I have to watch ads when I watch this show, or I could just watch this other show, not a Fox show. here. So when advertising becomes a competitive disadvantage, it's a big deal. So I would say that you know, if – the big goal for us at Fox is: can we make the ad experience more consumer friendly and make
0: the yeah. exchange better for them? I mean, it, it seems again like you guys are in a privileged position, one that you've built yourself, mm-hmm. right? Which is that actually you don't go, "I want to watch Atlanta," and mm-hmm. then say, "Well, since I can't find Atlanta for free, mm-hmm. instead of watching Atlanta, I'm going to watch some other show." Right? Right. I was talking to the, your coworkers at Hulu, mm-hmm. and they said their their biggest search term at Hulu is Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. <laughs> and which they don't have. Right. And so they're having a discussion about what do you tell someone when they want right. that. But the point right. is they were sort of arguing to me like, well, maybe we can show them something else instead of Game of Thrones. And I don't right. think that works for most people. You don't say right. I'd like right. to watch something else that has a sword or a dragon. Right. You want to watch right. Game of Thrones. Right. So you guys have stuff that's not fungible, whereas I think a lot of people, mm-hmm. including myself right. – if you don't read it on Recode, you might be able to read it somewhere else. Yeah, uh, ah, you're well irreplaceable. For... I, I am irreplaceable. I don't, I don't, I don't, Thanks you agree. guys for listening yep. to this at the half hour mark. Yeah. It's good. Um, Super Bowl is coming up. Yep, it is. Uh, a couple weeks. It's on Fox. Yeah, it is.
1: And now, and now, you get the, to do cool stuff with. The I get app? to do a lot of great. I mean, oh man, like some of the stuff we're gonna do with Super Bowl, and especially in the non-linear and and like kind of
0: new new ways of watching. I mean, some of the VR stuff that I've seen is looks incredibly cool. Now no, again, that the that's, Giants. That's a, that's a tiny set, right. I mean, most people are going to watch it on TV.
1: Oh, live, yeah, and, and, live. and, and we're going to bring, and that's in, in that experience. We're going to bring the TV commercials because the commercials are part of the fun and part of right. the Super Bowl. And the Super Bowl is unlike anything else. And and I don't say that just because you know we have it this year. I say it because I've said it before. I even joined Fox when I was a you know lowly ad tech executive, but. uh it's one of the only times of the year when people are anticipating the ad coming. Right. They're not being interrupted by the ad, right? right? So it is a type of human attention. So, I, you know, the argument I make— You don't have all, to
0: apologize, but this whole discussion is sort yeah. of obviated for, yeah. for the Super for, Bowl. For the Super Bowl, it's, it's this one time
1: where I believe very strongly that the most valuable natural resource on planet Earth is human attention, right? It is—if you, you could change the course of the world, if you can just gather enough human attention. And so— the type of human attention you get, is it interruptive? Is it captive? Is it – like that is advertising. is supposed to be scoring this. So the Super Bowl is this very unique time for that and why it's such an interesting event. I think that you know, to prove the point of attention being the, the world's most valuable resource, two of the top ten market-capped companies in the world, Google and Facebook, they only sell attention. Right. They, don't have, they don't have
0: cars or devices. What, what does it mean for, for your business that Donald Trump was elected using cable free airtime on cable TV matched with free Twitter? Now, they did buy a bunch of ads, especially near the end. They didn't spend as, nearly as much money mm-hmm. as, as Hillary Clinton did. But it seemed like they were – traditionally, this is supposed to be – that election cycle is supposed to be a huge spike for Fox and everyone else who's in the business of selling airtime. Mm-hmm. And they, they received much less money than they thought they would. Is this a one-off or do you think you're going to see more elections conducted that way? That's a, I mean, that's a, that's a tough question for one.
1: Politics is a very unique beast in terms of advertising. It's unlike anything else. Are you else. tensing up because you work for James and Rupert <laughs> Uh And Lachlan? Uh, no, uh, no. I mean, look, that's uh, neither here nor there. It's, it's not my, not, not my area, but I think that political advertising is unlike any other form of advertising, right? And and here's why. Political advertising, the goal is to get a majority of the people who show up to vote. And so you're okay with having less people show up to vote so so campaigns go negative on each other imagine coke and pepsi you don't see them saying their soda's terrible for you ours is better no no their soda's terrible for you ours is better and they and they, they don't care how many people come out to buy soda because as long as they have one over 51 percent right don't buy good. coke
0: it's going to raise your health care premiums right.
1: so so basically so so because of that what you have is advertising is is more about growing the pie in, in a very different way. And because of that, the advertising climate of what gets bought and, and how it gets used is totally different. So it's not an existential crisis it's, for advertising. Uh, the, the, I do, while I find that fascinating, that the, the political side and how we're going to reach people and and, get, and how people
0: make decisions and get information, that is an entire podcast. We don't have time for exactly. that one. I did want to ask you about one more idea that you've talked about and I've talked to you about. It's uh, this idea that that the digital guys, the YouTubes, the Mm-hmm. Facebooks, the Buzzfeeds, probably mm-hmm. the Vox Medias of the world, Vox Medias of the world, yeah. are inflating the amount of attention people are spending watching online video. Mm-hmm. So we can talk about that, but let's start with this idea. It seems pretty logical that lots of people, like you just said, are watching mm-hmm. lots of stuff digitally, mm-hmm. and those numbers should be growing at a huge rate. Right, they are. Okay. Well, they are. They are, but, but you already want to copy it. So what what are we getting wrong when we when this is a layup for you? Right, I'm offering. Yeah, this thank to you. you. When Much when we say uh, on the Super Bowl, right? Um, yeah. we'll see a lot of people who will have watched the right. game. Yep, and we'll say that's a really big number. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, that's a bad excuse because we'll compare it to the, the regular right. Super Bowl. Yeah, Facebook a year ago said I think mm-hmm. people were watching a hundred million hours of video. Right. No. Whatever yeah. the whatever yeah. the metric was. Right. You're yeah. gonna roll your eyes. Yeah. No. Because it's just it's, it's I mean there's there's well. We we
1: won't need to go into kind of like you know I let Facebook speak for itself in terms of what its metrics are, but what I would say is that one the reach of a platform is totally meaningless
0: to advertisers. It does not matter. What matters to advertisers is so how, when BuzzFeed or Facebook says we can reach this many gazillion people, right. you say who cares? Doesn't matter. Doesn't it matter. Matters. When Fox says D- that, doesn't you matter. do all. care, right? No, because Fox doesn't say this is how many people we reach.
1: You have to realize that Nielsen is a commercial rating. How many people your commercial reaches matters, right? So, you know, Facebook, Google, anybody could say, I can reach everybody on the planet, right? Technically true. Can you make everyone on the planet watch a Ford video? Well, no, I can put it in the feed, but I'm not forcing them to view, right? So what's really ironic about, you know, everyone saying, oh, the TV model, and I'll just call it it the long-form video model of advertising, of forced viewing, is, oh, that's so bad, that needs to go away, Okay, but that's what marketers are paying for. I mean, look, if it was okay, and this is the double standard that exists in the market, if it was okay for, say, hey, look, I'm going to show you the ad for two seconds. If you choose to stick around and watch it, that's great. Then it's up to you, marketer, to make the ad good enough that people stick around. I'd like to change all of our ads on Hulu and change all of our ads on Fox to two seconds and then skippable.
0: And that is what is bought on almost every other video platform, right? Is, is a video that the, where the... The digital is saying, "We can guarantee that someone watches for half right. second couple seconds right,
1: and that it was in screen, so that you know it's again and it's it's just a it is a mountain of obfuscation of of the facts, but like a campaign can come up as a hundred percent viewable it doesn't mean the ad was a hundred percent viewable the whole time, it was just in view for at least a second
0: yep, so this seems i mean there's logic to it, but it also seems like." you work for Fox mm-hmm. Fox is the business selling television ads 30 second ads um we just explain why people are dvring past this yep. stuff that you are an eroding you have an mm-hmm. eroding business mm-hmm. and it would make sense that you would want to argue against the people who are going to come eat your lunch yeah, like on no, facebook like of the world i, I mean
1: you can pe- people can people can check my work i've been been on the record like for for some time long before fox bought and you know fox was uh you know nice enough to to buy the company and and bring me a nut because, you can either you can look at it two ways. You can either say, I'm saying what I'm saying because of where I work, or you can say, I ended up where I am because of what I believe. And the latter is, is true. And I would say that what we're looking for is, we haven't even gotten to and we'll have time to go fully into it, but this idea of, can we get to a better ad model by having kind of a consumer opt-in engagement model, right? This was your old business, right? And this, That's is, what yeah. Truex did. So Truex, Truex, and it does to this day. So Truex still operates independently and works with all of the networks to say, what is the future of the commercial? I don't need you to see the Ford ad 5 times. I just need to make sure you saw it once and that the message was delivered and then I can get rid of four other ads. That's a better consumer experience, a better win for advertisers. So, I come
0: to a site, I come to a video platform, yep. TrueX has been assigned to give me a choice of what ad I want. Yes. So so basically you hit play on, you know, Brooklyn 99
1: and it says, you know, deeply engage with this one ad now rather than and we will then get rid of you know, a disproportionate number of other ads so that you can have a better watch experience. And the opt-in rate for that is massive.
0: So, by the way, I think I was using one of those ads uh, during the uh, World Series. this year. Okay, right? you probably I mean? did. On, on my phone because I was using yep. the Fox Sports. Mm-hmm. Yep. app. Super confused about what that offer was. but yeah. I, I kept – it was a T-Mobile thing yep. and there was a bat and I yep. couldn't – whatever. I just yeah. hit a bunch of buttons and yeah, eventually yeah. I got to watch the game. Well, you
1: remember it's T-Mobile.
0: Thank yeah, you. Yeah, pink. I'll take that. Yeah. I think it's their mm-hmm. their marketing, but um, so that's probably not exactly yeah. the, the experience. You want. It's not but that, look, that's stream, the
1: streaming idea. Streaming is different, um, but I would say that engagement ad models are in are in the phase that early TV ads were. Early TV ads were just radio ads with pictures on top of it, yep. because that was just the ads we had. Right now, early engagement ads are saying, "Okay, I'm going to give you a video ad, and I'm going to add a layer of interactivity just to make sure you're paying attention. Just right? mash that button. Just that's like but that's but it's basically, it's just proof of attentiveness. The, those things will evolve into. I want to deliver a complex message. How would you deliver a message different to me if I can interact with it versus if I'm just passively listening, right? And there's all sorts of, I mean, science on how kids pay attention in school differently when they know participation is part of the grade, right? It's just it's the way our brains work. If if we think we have to act, we listen differently. And then if we can do that and reduce the number of total ads needed, like that will be a better position.
0: Did you want to be an ad tech executive when you grew up? God no. What did you want to do? I think the first one was.
1: I think I wanted to to, to be a bank teller at one point. I think the first, I opened up a bank account when I was twelve years old with my uh, my paper route money, and I was like, they have a lot of money back there. Um, but no, I uh, no, I look, I I actually do like I like economics and philosophy. But and how'd
0: you how'd you get into this stuff?
1: Because I because I do believe, and why I'm passionate and why I love this is that I do believe human attention will shape everything. Like you want to get you want to get someone to take any action in the world, whether it's vote or buy something or, you know, like who they're going to fall in love with or their their perceptions of the world, like human attention shapes it. And advertising is supposed to be the market for human attention,
0: you know. But Truex is not your first company, right? No. Was it your first ad company? Yes. Okay. So what did you do before that? Oh, well, I did some, did some
1: a couple of different things. Before, I was uh, briefly a CMO, well, two years, a CMO and head of digital for a small cable network called Fuse. Yeah. Um, before that, Social Vibe, which is actually the core tech for Truex at the end of the day. But that was ad-based, and it was engaged with advertising to get points or coins or credits for uh, charities. Before that, consulting for some of the big guys in the ad tech space, and before that, Monster.com.
0: And and when you started this, did you imagine I will end up working at a giant media broadcaster company? media company?
1: Yeah, I it's, mean that's
0: where you wanted to be.
1: Uh, wanted? I, I don't know. It, I know that I think that storytelling is is one of the most interesting components, and I I think that when you, when you take a range of everything from you know Fox Sports all the way through to National Geographic and like, like things in the middle, and the idea that can we help advertising work better for this? Because you can't like you could look at an individual basis and say oh, okay, you know Netflix doesn't need ads to, to to support its current business model. Although I don't think. They're making that much money as as is set up, but it, you can't take at the macro level sixty billion dollars of TV TV commercials. What I will call that is ad supported storytelling, and support the writers, producers, you know, actors, directors, all the studios to produce those long form stories that people love. And I don't think that's going to change.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to get into that whole debate, right? Because <laughs> HBO works pretty well. And they make a lot of money, right? But but I mean, I I mean it's just math. If you remove sixty
1: billion dollars from the market, right. Can you still make as much stuff as you make?
0: And it's not going away, right? It's just a matter of where they're going to spend it. and Are they going to spend it on traditional TV? Are they going to spend it on Snapchat? It's not all going to disappear.
1: Right. Then then does that end up at the people creating stories? Because, you know, is, will Snapchat, Facebook? It's the same thing that's happening in news. Are they investing in the creation of content?
0: You sold Truex, what, two years ago? Two years, yeah. So usually at the two-year mark, lots of entrepreneurs decide that they're going to look for other challenges. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, if, if this challenge doesn't seem big enough to you, I don't know. Uh, you're gonna, you're gonna I, gonna I don't know what I dig into Murdox. next,
1: but this feels like a pretty big challenge to me. Okay, so. awesome.
0: I will see you soon, because if there's a cool event, I usually find you there. It happens. Um, thanks for your time. I yeah. appreciate it. Thanks to you guys for listening. I think this is the first one we've recorded in January. Thanks for listening for nearly a year to this show. really appreciate it. Thanks for telling people about it. Thanks for telling people on Twitter about it. Um, I see those Twitter responses. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. So you know how to find this show, so I don't need to tell you. You can get it on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud. I don't need to tell you, you can find Kara Swisher's Recode Decode show and Lauren Good's Too Embarrassed to Ask and Recode Replay all at those same outlets. I should tell you about Code Media, which is in February. It's a discussion like this, but live, and it goes for a day and a half, and it features people like Eddie Q from Apple, Roy Price from Amazon. Last year it featured Joe Marchese. Joe, what was that experience like for you? It was great. I enjoyed it. I enjoy the people there, and I enjoy
1: the quick conversations on stage right into networking and discussing them live with the same people.
0: Smart stuff on stage, smart stuff off stage. People like Joe will be there. Um, You should be there too. You can go to recode.net and find out more. I will be back here next week. I'll see you then. Thanks.